Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Awesome. Matthew chapter 25, if you have your Bible. So there's Bibles in front of you if you would like. If you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, just take the one in front of you. That's fine. So we are in uh, what we've been calling our vision month and um, sharing the three strategic themes that we sense God leading us into as a church. Um, Early December last year, our lead team went away for a, a retreat and spent some time praying and discerning where God's taking us next as a community. And uh, we came back with three things that we really felt like God calling us into. The first one was around growing up as a church, and I spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, that it's time to, be, to move from being a church plant to a church, and um, that, that involves some changes in governance, but it also um, just involves our own level of maturity, and maturity is measured in our love of God and love of people, that we are not just kind of centered around one person or around a Sunday gathering, but we are a collective of people following the way of Jesus into the restoration of our neighborhoods. Uh, Last week, I was unwell. I was meant to speak on the theme that I'm speaking on today, and today we're going to talk about becoming a people of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to talk about that in a, a couple of weeks because next week is the beginning of Lent. Lent actually starts on Wednesday, which is the 40 days in the lead up to Easter. And um, normally, you know, if, if you go to a um, Catholic church or East Orthodox church, you would have Ash Wednesday, where they kind of put ash on your, on your head as a sign of identifying with, um, with Jesus in those 40 days in the lead up to his death and resurrection. But we're going to have Ash Sunday. It's a bit like non-traditional, but we don't meet on a Wednesday. We meet on a Sunday. So that's going to be very good. I encourage you to be here next week. And then the weekend after that is our third birthday. And uh, we've been um, alive as a little community. We're three years old. We're toddlers now, walking around, and um, we're growing up. And so uh, I'd love for you to come and be part of the celebration there as well. But this morning, I want to talk about this theme of moving outward, moving outward. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep to his right hand and the goat to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. 
Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. That is a challenging little passage that Jesus gives us, a challenge in teaching. The separation of the sheep and the goats. So um, last week I wasn't here because I had gastro for six days. Six days of gastro. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, And in our household, I was separated like the sheep and the goats. I was in quarantine away from Mel and Milo. We locked the the door to the living room. um, And luckily they didn't get it, which is awesome. Um, but I feel the separation very deeply. I feel I was like waving to Milo through the window. Um, and it was hard and it, and it sucked. But um, this is an interesting passage where Jesus puts this dividing line. A divisive kind of passage. The sheep and the goats. I find it actually pretty interesting that, you know, for Jesus, the sheep were the good thing. He didn't like the goats. But like in our language today, a sheep, to be called a sheep is a bad thing. Like, you're just a sheep, you're a sheeple. And to be called a goat means, like, the greatest of all time. My, my nephew calls my mum the goat of Woolworths, the greatest of all time at Woolworths, because she knows where everything is. And I love that. I think that's cool. The sheep, the sheep and the goats. Um, and here, like, this is a, a, challenging, a challenging verse, because it sounds like what Jesus is doing is saying, you didn't work hard enough to get into heaven right? That's what it sounds like. It says, like, the people who are on my left, the goats, you're not going into heaven. The sheep on my right, you are, because of the actions you did in life. And I don't know that this little parable that Jesus is telling is actually about heaven and hell. It's actually not meant to be a theology of how you get into heaven or hell. We know from Ephesians chapter 2 that it says, um, we are saved by grace, not by works so that we can't boast. We can't work our way into heaven. We can't work our way into God's favor. He's already given it to us. But what he's saying is, this is is what my kingdom looks like. When you belong to me, this is what your life begins to look like. You begin to shift outward and look for the other. It's measured in our love of God and our love of neighbor. That actually the way of the kingdom is one of an unfolding outward action. Jesus is saying, this is how the people in my kingdom operate. The kingdom always pushes us towards the life of the other. And love of God looks eerily similar to our love of the person next to us, the love of the neighbor, the love of the stranger, opening up our homes, feeding the hungry. In the Bible, there's a few places that we are guaranteed to encounter Jesus. We're guaranteed to encounter God. There's a few places. I want to give you five. Um, number one is, is worship. Actually, worship is not just music, but it's about our attention, like what our focus, focus is on. And the Psalms tell us that he inhabits the praise of his people. He's like, he actually inhabits. When we put our attention on God, he is there. He inhabits that. 
Number two, it says where two or three gather. Jesus said this, where two or three gather in my name, there I will be in their midst. So when we worship, when we gather in Scripture, in the words of this page, this is the Word of God. And John, John calls Jesus the Word of God. Actually, you find Jesus in these pages. Number four, in pain and in grief, in suffering. That's where we find Jesus. I said it this morning, but that, that Psalm, Psalm 51, um, God is close to the brokenhearted and with those who are crushed in spirit. And the fifth place that we're guaranteed to find the face of Jesus, which we get from this parable, is in the face of the other, the face of the poor and the hungry and those in need and the stranger. That's like a guaranteed place to find Jesus. And so I love that this is actually a way for us to find God, to look for and meet the needs of those around us. Nikki Gumbel, who um, is a pastor in, in, in London, and uh, he, he started the Alpha Course or runs the Alpha Course, which is um, for people exploring Christianity. He says this. He says, churches tend to grow up and in. They tend to grow up. They tend to grow older and become more inward focused. But they need to grow down and out, he said. So they need to grow younger and out and more missional. And I... Uh, Ironically, our first strategic theme was growing up in maturity, but not growing up in age necessarily. But there is a, just a consistent pull in any organization, any group of people to become insider-focused, to just continue to look inside. And there's actually not all bad to that. Like, it's healthy to look inside and healthy to create culture in what we're doing and healthy to do good things. But we have to continue to fight that urge to just, like, build something that's cool and comfortable and nice for me. Actually, the reason we exist our vision statement is we follow the way of Jesus into the restoration of our neighborhoods. It is a, a restoration that begins inside of us, but it doesn't end there. It pushes us outward. It pushes us towards the faces of those in need. And so we've, we've been making some shifts. I want to just share a few little um, collective ways that we really want to move outward this year. Um, so as many of you will know, um, Alicia, who is our, we, she came on staff at the beginning of 2020 as a community coordinator, and um, her role was really kind of that insider-focused stuff, and she went on maternity leave, and as she came back, we shifted her role from a community coordinator to a neighborhood coordinator, um, and that's what of her training is in. She's in community development and work for the council and is brilliant in that area, and so we're freeing her up and, and resourcing her to continue to be kind of the champion of us looking outward, not just like doing nicer, cooler events, um, but so she oversees this facility not as a Sunday gathering thing, but as a, uh, a mission vehicle, a gift to our neighborhood. She's spearheading our projects and our connections with and partnerships with um, community development organizations and um, projects in the community. And so that's kind of part of our collective um, look outward. We could hire staff inward, but we really felt like it was part of um, what God was calling us to is just to continue to have someone that looks outward, to, to continue to push us outward. And so um, a few things that we're really trying to lean into this year is this building. We really want to make sure that this building isn't just like a, a, a great place for us to meet. It is, obviously, and it's a, a gift that we have somewhere to meet. But we want it to be a gift for our neighborhood. We want it to be, the, the word we've been using is like a modern-day well. 
And sort of in, in um, ancient times, you know, the well was like the most important part of a town because it's like everyone would have to go there. And it became not only just a practical place to go to, but a, a place where you would find um, community and connection and life and where all these different people come across in the same space. And we really want to create that and, and make sure that this place is like a hive of activity, not just on a Sunday, but all through the week. And we want to continue to hire it out and, and allow um, not-for-profits and so social enterprises to use this space and run programs and all sorts of stuff that this doesn't just become a church building, but it becomes, and that's why we haven't called it Greenhouse Church, you'll notice. It's called The Clam because it's, it, we want it to be a, a, a well of activity, a hub, a hive of activity. And then there's a few community projects that we are looking into um, to make connections with the community. One is actually, um, I'm really excited about this. And I don't know if we'll be able to do it or not, but it's, it's a crazy idea. We want to build a thing called a labyrinth. Now, Steve's got a photo. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. It looks like a weird cultish type thing, I know. But um, <laughs> it's actually an, an ancient, um, uh, ancient thing used for prayer and contemplation and, and meditation. Um, you'll, you'll find it in a lot of monasteries. And it looks like a maze, but it's actually just a path. And it's used for walking along, and um, it's about encountering the presence of God. Now, our goal is to find some council land and um, to make some connections there and to build one of these on council land. Um, And the reason for that is we know that isolation and mental health and anxiety and depression is actually such a, a, a pandemic in our society at the moment, and particularly out of the COVID lockdowns. And so we want to do all that we can to help people's mental health and create a space where people can find um, a space for contemplation and prayer and meditation. And I, I know it will be out in the open and anyone can go, but we want to just drench that place in prayer and pray that people might find something of the presence of God there. And so I think that's really exciting. So we're working, um, tr- trying to get some grants with the council. Uh, we've got to make some... Um, business connections and sort of you got to have a multi-pronged approach to getting something like that off the ground Um, but Alicia is well versed in all of that and so we're confident that we can at least try and do something which will be really cool and so uh, we'll keep you posted on that we might need um, some funds we might need some manpower we might need some um, uh, trade help but yeah it'll be somewhere around here hopefully on the foreshore somewhere and uh, I think that'll be a really cool uh, act of serving our neighborhood and creating space for people to find life and freedom and contemplation and meditation. Um, the other thing we, we want to do is we want to turn this uh, building into a gallery space in conjunction with the Lakes Festival, which is in November, and use it as another um, event space for what's going on in the community and create it into a, a, a gallery of artwork and installations that actually tell a story and invite people into seeing uh, something probably linked to the restoration corridor um, and the restoration of our neighbourhoods. And so that's really exciting. Alicia's working on that. Um, Alongside that, uh, we're going to continue to do neighbourhood days instead of our Sunday gatherings. going to do this a few times a year where we'll probably go and, you know, pick up rubbish or get involved something in the community instead of just coming and having another gathering here. And they're always 
awesome times. We'll let you know about those things coming up. And then there's just the kind of regular things that we're doing as well. We have a care team, which is headed up by Addy, who is not here at the moment, but um, they do an incredible job of just cooking meals and helping people that need um, uh, meals or care packages or have got COVID or had a baby or um, just in the community connections that we know. So that's a great team. If you are interested in joining that team, you can come and speak to me. You can sign up on the website or you can speak to Addy um, or send our Instagram a message or whatever. Um, We continue to commit to church planting. We're a a church plant that wants to continue to church plant. Um, 5% of our um, annual budget goes to church plants. And uh, we're partnering at the moment with, there's, there's two church plants on the coast that are happening this year, one in Lake Manmora and one in East Gosford. And you will recall if you've been around that we gave our trailer, which held all our gear in it, $6,000 trailer to the church plant in uh, East Gosford, Amago Day. And uh, we'll get them along soon and be able to pray for them. Uh, but when we continue to step into that, uh, I sit on their advisory board. Um, We continue to partner with Shoebox Revolution, which is a local organization that creates little care packages in shoeboxes for those that are kind of experiencing homelessness um, or a fringe homeless or fleeing domestic violence. And that's a great local organization that we love. And so um, we'll do some, continue to do some drives. We give um, them money out of our budget as well. And then Mel mentioned as well that we connect with Zoe, which is an international um, organization now that works with uh, anti-human trafficking. They work very closely with law enforcement and it's just one of the kind of gold standard um, anti-human trafficking organizations in the world. A few of us have been lucky enough to go to their, um, their space in Thailand and it's just like the, the most incredible thing uh, that you'll ever go to. And so there's like our collective initiatives for the year. But my question is, and I'm just landing here, I wonder what God might be pushing you into as an individual. And some of you are are not from our church. Some of you go to other churches. Some of you don't even go to church at all. Um, But I wonder if the Spirit of God might be speaking to you today about how you want to become more like a sheep and less like a goat in the good sense and continue to push outward. I wonder if there is something that God is calling you to. I wonder if there are business initiatives or social enterprise or not-for-profit stuff or something you can do with your money or your time or an organization to get involved in or one of the projects that I talked about today to get involved in. I wonder if God was speaking to you about something. And I love that we have a generous church. I I remember um, during the lockdown, uh, a couple in our church came to me and said, we've got a couple hundred bucks and we want to give it to someone, but we don't know who to give it to. Do you know, know of anyone? And um, I didn't know of someone. I'd met someone that week as we were renovating this place. She walked in, and I knew that she um, needed money and was able to connect them. And this couple from our church gave 400 bucks, I think it was, just dropped it in the letterbox to someone that they've never met and, and might never meet. And I love that. There's something beautiful about that. Just a couple of weeks ago, Katie Gibbons, who's, um, she, she posted that she's working with a client. She put it in our, our community page. And they're on the NDIS, and they just got COVID, and so they were in lockdown, but they didn't have any money to buy food. And so she just put it out there. And people gave her money and cooked meals, and the care team cooked meals, and this person was able to live uh, through lockdown, which is just a huge and beautiful blessing um, I, I remember uh, in the floods, uh, two floods ago, we had neighbors uh, move in next to us, 
And uh, they'd been there for a couple of months, and we were getting to know them. And their house got completely flooded. They needed somewhere to live. And Paul and Sue Flindell didn't know them, but, but took them into their house, into their little unit that they've got their home, and gave them a place to live. And they lived there for like six months or something. Um, and it's just beautiful, like time after time. I love stories of people that are, have gotten COVID and people in our church have gone and dropped them coffee and dog food and stuff that they need that they just couldn't get in time um, because Woolworths wasn't delivering quick enough. And um, I just love that we are a generous church. And I want to affirm that and want to continue to cultivate that as a people, that we continue to move outward. It's so easy just to become inward and insular, but we need to be, continue to listen to the spirits pushing for us outward. So my last question for you, if you were honestly standing in front of Jesus today, what category do you think he'd put you in? The sheep or the goats? That's a confronting question. And if I'm honest, I probably more often find myself in the goats than the sheep. But the lucky thing for us is that he's not sorting us out today. And there's a continued invitation into the kind of people that he wants us to become. And it's again today another reminder. Move outward. Push us outward. So I want you to just take a few moments of silence. You might want to close your eyes. I want you to ask the Spirit of God, is there something you're saying to me? Is there one thing you're asking me to do? And maybe there's nothing, and that's fine. But I would probably hazard a guess there might be something. I'll give you 60 seconds of just silence between you and God, and then we'll stand together and worship. Oh, King Jesus, we, um, we thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you that we have been recipients of that love, that at times we've been that stranger. We've been the person that's hungry or wanting or poor in spirit or distant or anxious. God, I thank you that you continue to draw near to us. You continue to open ways for us to come to you. God, I pray for those of us in this room today that maybe they do feel distant. Maybe they've never had a relationship with you. Maybe they did at some point. I thank you that you're the king with open arms always ready to welcome us home. And Jesus, I thank you that the story doesn't end there. You are remaking the world. You are putting the world right. You are bringing a new government 
one that's not corrupt, one that's not selfish, one that's not insider-focused, but one that feeds the hungry and clothes those that are naked and welcomes the stranger. And so we pray that you would help us, fill us with your spirit, change us, and help us to be people like, like your government and your reign and your kingdom. God, that we wouldn't be people of division and war and tribalism, individualism or consumerism or any other ism, but we'll be people of love and generosity. But we need your help. So Spirit, we ask that you come. We pray for that thing that maybe you spoke to us about. Help us not to leave that here. Help us to go process that with someone, talk about it in our triad or dinner party or the person we came with. Thank you that you're speaking. And when you speak, the world gets better. So may we listen. In your name. Amen.